it doesn't matter what their education level is and it doesn't matter what their gender is or the race. They have unique experiences that they can bring to the table. I'm so grateful to be your host today in series one of Gender Smart, a podcast where guests share their stories about closing the gender gap in the circular economy. Together, we explore and highlight inspiring examples of how driving diversity and gender equity can improve business performance and accelerate outcomes to address climate change. In this episode, I'm chatting with Julie Willoughby, Chief Scientific Officer at Cirque Technology, an apparel tech company which creates reusable fibers from used and discarded apparel, creating a closed circular loop within the fashion and apparel industry. Thank you so much for coming today. I'm very excited to speak to you and hear all about your work. Maybe to kick things off, why don't you just introduce yourself for people that have not yet met you before? So I'm Julie Willoughby. I'm the Chief Scientific Officer at Cirque. Cirque is an amazing company. We are on a mission to protect the planet from the high cost of clothing. So what we do is we take textiles that were on a one-way trip to the landfill or incinerator. So, and when I say textiles, this is the clothes you're wearing. And the average life cycle of clothes is like seven wears, which is nothing. And then what do you do with all those clothes, especially after you clean out your closet? Um, they typically will go to a Goodwill or Salvation Army and you think they're going to be reused and resold. It's a very small percentage that actually gets resold and the rest gets scrapped. And so when we look at that, there's a tremendous untapped resource there for taking what really came from a raw material that was then made into consumer clothing, apparel for us, and we're going to put it back into the economy by basically making new fibers and yarns from old clothes. Do you want to share a couple of insights in terms of how this will, I guess, more positively impact in terms of climate? Um, what kind of impact do you hope, or what is the kind of vision or mission behind Zurich? Yes, so our mission is that every closet will be powered by clean technology, and clean technology meaning that you'll look at your, your garment and it'll say, you know, powered by Cirque, with Cirque polyester fiber and Cirque cellulosic fiber, and that you'll know that your garment was made from textiles that were previously destined for a landfill and have come back into your closet to make brand new clothing. That will be done over and over again. Right now, the apparel industry really contributes to about 10% to greenhouse gas emissions, and that's due to the fact that textiles are being incinerated or they're being landfilled. By diverting that, what was classified as a waste stream, into a new raw material, you're saving trees. And by saving trees, I mean that you don't have to chop down trees to make cellulosic fibers, so your viscose, your lyocell, your man-made cellulosics are now, instead of being made from trees, they're made from the cotton that was already out there and was going to be burnt or landfilled. Wow. Maybe just share a little bit about your journey. I mean, I've been in the, the sector around circular economy and waste, and I think a lot of people misunderstand how difficult it is to recycle textiles and recycle clothes. They think, oh, you can just kind of redo it, but there's actually quite a lot of technology and innovation involved. Maybe you could just share a little bit about how you do that. So we have all these great clothes out there and textile products that feel silky, that feel nice. They're, you know, they're less expensive than they were in the 90s. 
in, in many ways with the way globalization came and fashion was democratized. But some of that is due to a large portion of it is the innovation in textile fibers and polymer science. And polyester combined with cotton creates this wonderful fabric that is breathable, but yet durable so that if it, it's, it's not gonna fall apart. You wash a cotton shirt, it, eventually all the fibers shrink where you have a synthetic fiber in there, a polyester or a synthetic filament, which is like um, really thin fishing line or thin hair. However, when you combine all these ingredients together, it's very hard to recycle them. So, you know, a bottle, uh, a polyester bottle, we don't recycle those well. So how could you ever recycle something that's mixed with polyester and cotton? And what we do is we, we use science to um, do hydrolysis of the polyester to basically liquefy the polyester away from the cotton. So we, we turn this polyester cotton garment into a soup of like, at the end it looks like old rags. So you have this dark liquor and that is the polyester monomers that we broke down and it's all done underwater and at a higher pressure to, in order to induce hydrolysis of polyester. And then that we're able to separate from the cotton so then we can rinse and clean the cotton portion of it to make new cellulosic fibers. And then we do a extraction or purification of the polyester monomers that basically take it back to its virgin product of polyester because you're starting with the building blocks. So we just keep doing it again and again and again and make great garments and fabric. So it's, it's exciting. I wanna change tracks a little bit. Why do you think you know, being inclusive and diverse is so important for organizations? Gender equity gives you protection from blind spots. You need different experiences and different backgrounds, and the only way to get different experiences and different backgrounds is to ensure that you have a diverse seat, diverse leadership team, and that if your leadership team is not bringing forth different angles, then you run the risk of everyone doing the same thing, and so you all have blind spots, and you'll keep creating the same thing over and over. And if you're not successful without that you know, different perspective, you're, you're gonna end up being at stalemate. So by having different perspectives and different creativity at the team, listening to all the voices at the table, you'll have a, a more powerful toolbox. Yeah. What about in terms of your own organization now, you know, working in, in CERC, or how have you kind of adopted a gender lens in your organization or how do you incorporate diversity gender into the way that you manage the team? When I I look at leading a team and I've had all kinds of experiences and and growing pains as a leader, I really view them as my peers and with respect. And it doesn't matter what their education level is and it doesn't matter what their gender is or the race. They have unique experiences that they can bring to the table. So you know, be open to doing things differently. And when you are open to doing things differently, then that's where cre creativity thrives versus a rigid environment. If you have a fear-based environment, whatever that is, fear of being perceived as not as hard as working because you're off taking care of family responsibilities. Well, what I've found is that these 
other responsibilities is what makes me whole and actually gives me purpose in my life. When you have people that feel appreciated for who they are and what their perspectives are and their experiences are, then they're just excited to be there every day. You know, organizations need excitement, you need energy, and when the energy isn't there, then, or if it's negative energy, then nothing good is going to come out of that. You know, being in the circular economy, when you look at the circular economy right now and the kind of roles and organizations that we need, a lot of it is in STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, math, material innovation. How do you think that we can encourage more women to start looking at STEM as an option in terms of becoming an engineer or perhaps you know, following in your footsteps, chemical engineering? I think it's fantastic that how do we encourage more women to step up into these careers? As far as bringing more women into STEM is really giving them the opportunity to lead and to be involved. When I was a faculty, women were naturally drawn to me and I would have undergraduate students want to work with me that were, were female and would give them really meaningful projects that they could bring to fruition. But it wasn't limited to just women, it was also in, in just giving the opportunities and holding you know, their peers, their male peers, just as accountable as them and getting them to work together. And like, so I have a 13-year-old daughter and she loves, she loves math. And I just continue to encourage her to speak her mind and, and, and getting her involved and seeing what she can do with, with the math and, and the science and not, not holding back the questions. You mentioned something before, which I think is really important, which is also looking at the men, right, in, in organizations. And not, it's not just about women needing to build their confidence and step up into leadership positions. What advice would you give the men in their situations? Yeah, so I think one thing is to be an ally. On the rest of my executive team, I have three wonderful colleagues, uh, my CEO, my CEO, and, and my chief business officer. They're all men, and they are the most wonderful colleagues that I've ever had. And there's been times, especially like cultural, where women are in certain certain cultures, um, women aren't as well accepted or, you know, are more in the background. So when you have a strong voice at the table and there's this protectiveness that I've sensed, you know, over me, like they want to make sure that I'm not treated unfairly. Fairly, I say, you have to let me speak my voice. Just because someone is going at me doesn't mean I can't defend myself. You don't need to speak for me. And what you can do if is you can reinforce what I've just said. And I encourage this for everyone. So you know, if I have a, a partner who is a colleague who is, is speaking her or his point, and someone, and you're trying to convince someone of a, whether it's a sales pitch or it's a heated discussion, reinforcing what that person is saying by, by for instance, saying, okay, well, Julie said this. So as Julie said, so that the point's not missing that the, what may be perceived as someone who's at the table, but is not being being heard by another member who's maybe not as open that you reinforce what they say versus trying to explain what they're saying. 
what advice would you have for other women that are perhaps fundraising at this time? I think, you know, like I mentioned, so such few capital is directed towards women or women find it very difficult to fundraise. There's a lot of gender bias from the investment space. Do you have any advice for women that are perhaps trying to fundraise or looking to fundraise? Our team is very tech heavy. I'm the chief scientific officer. My colleagues would do the initial pitch, but I always needed to follow up with the technical due diligence and would have very serious discussions about the validity of our technology. And I think you do need to, like in any trade that you do, you need to know your business and you need to have your homework done. But it's just having confidence in yourself and really as the questions come, not seeing them as a defense, you know, or like an inquisition, but more really trying to understand what the question is and then being able to provide back that answer that will give that person confidence that you're going to be able to take the capital that they invest in you and turning it around for an investment. And I think when it comes to investors is not to see different experiences as a weakness, but actually as as a strength. Because, you know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're not going to make progress. And there is that definition, if you keep doing the same thing and expect different results, that is the definition of insanity. So you have to look at for different ways to do things and, and tapping into different experiences, either from a, a male perspective, which has been the predominant. So when you start tapping into the female perspective, it's a unique perspective and can really bring that advantage to the playbook. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything else that you, any burning desire that you want to share with the audience for any female founders that are listening or perhaps it's uh, female investors or looking to start their first uh, investment firm? Any kind of final words you'd like to share? I would say just don't give up. You know, and find where you thrive. Find your spot. Yeah, you know, I I read something like, you know, how to survive. And it's like, I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. Find the way that you thrive and believe in yourself and know you know what you're talking about. That mindset is so important. Honestly, like, I've been working in climate change for over a decade. And it's just that there's a bit of apathy after a while in the sector that, you know, we can't fix this problem. But... Don't never underestimate science and technology and innovation. The solutions exist. We just need to scale them and we need to be more innovative and more creative. Yeah. And that's what I would say. Just one last thing. I mean, timing is everything. And unfortunately, the time has to be now because climate change, global warming is real. And, you know, I think the, the time we waste it in debating it is unfortunate. But it's, it's not too late. Making sure that we're protecting our planet from ourselves is so much needed thank you so much for your time with us today it's been really inspiring and i really hope that we can do this again soon and uh, i can't wait to see the next phase of your growth with your business it just sounds super exciting uh, any plans to expand into this part of the world in asia oh yes yes we we see ourselves as a global company and we we are building change and by building change, we're doing that with our foundational technology and then bringing in the people to execute it. Awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to see that happen. So, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Jackie. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information about the topics mentioned, be sure to check out the show notes or drop us your questions on any of our social platforms. If you would like to share your story in a future episode, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks so we can shift the conversation around gender and accelerate change 